Hi, everyone, and welcome to season two of 40-ish. There you go. See? There. That's that's us three charisma for you already, Jay. You're doing great. <laughs> Thanks. Well, it was trying to be more guttural. I wanted to have less spittle, more guttural sound. So I said the word spittle. It's out there now. Uh, so... Uh, we want to welcome everybody into this episode of 40-ish. Uh, we have yet another spectacular guest joining us in this episode. Before we get to our guests, I want to welcome in uh, regular cast of characters, uh, Mr. John Moody. Hello. Uh, Mr. Lance Abair. Greetings. And uh, we want to also welcome in a close personal friend, co-worker, and fellow Waverly High School alumni, Miss Jesse O'Donnell. Jesse, welcome to 40-ish. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for putting up with us. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah. Uh, before, before we get into the litany of topics that we want to cover in this episode, uh, would you do us a favor of tell us a little bit of who you are and what you do? Sure. So uh, for my job, I basically get to uh, make friends with people. It's a pretty awesome gig. Um, and then uh, in my personal life, I'm a mom. I have three kids. Uh, I'm a big nerd. I play D&D. Um, and I am a Netflix junkie, typically of the true crime or British uh, crime series genres. What defines what, a what Netflix like? junkie? Like, mm. are you the person that they developed the thing with, hey, are you still watching? Click here to continue. That kind of person? Yeah. Or the people okay. usually that'll binge it and they don't even wait. They're just like, oh, it's the next thing. Next episode. Next episode. I'm waiting those five seconds while they try to just kind of do the split screen thing. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah no, I'm, I'm a skip intro. Feed me as much Netflix as you can. Let's just do this until I fall asleep. You know, it's, here's a question for you already. Uh, my wife and I are rewatching Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And um, so Breaking Bad, for those who are not familiar, has a pretty short intro. I'm guessing maybe 10 seconds. And they still put the skip intro button on there. Uh, <laughs> it's a catchy little, you know, sound effectsy type conga e tune. But I'm tempted. I'm tempted to save those 10 seconds and just move right back into the story. But uh, <gasps> it's, oh, it's you're so missing good. Which one is that? Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, I've never seen an episode. Yeah, of that my life has not been um been impacted Wait. by missing that at all. So none of you well, three have seen Breaking Bad. Yeah, we've had shit. You, Jason. Uh, I'm gonna have to end our friendships right now. That's gonna. It's kind of like not seeing the Blues Brothers. Well, I mean, well, that's a different. Oh, no, 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 you can't. You cannot. You cannot compare. Bullshit. Uh, apparently you forgot who's on this side of the mic. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> uh, what will Mrs. Abair listen to next week? Yeah. Right. <laughs> She's going to have to, Mrs. Abair, now might be the time to start your own podcast. We'll help you along, but now might be the time. Um, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> hey, hey, I've seen Breaking Bad, so I can stand, right? You can stay on. Yeah, Breaking Bad was kind of our, that was the, for us, um, right after The Walking Dead was the, Walking Dead was the show that we heard enough about that we're like, okay, we're definitely on the outside. So we went to Breaking Bad, which led us to Sons of Anarchy, which led us to Dexter, which led us to, I mean, it just, it's it's the gateway drug, pun intended. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you oh, yeah. all the typical ones. And weeds. We only got like five episodes. I didn't do weeds. We only got about five episodes into Mad Men. We, I couldn't. 
I did you so the other thing is Better Call Saul. Jesse, did you ever get into that one? The the spinoff? I did. I can't remember how far I got. I don't I don't think I watched all of that one, but I I enjoyed it though. Because did you? I watched it right after because I watched Breaking Bad after it was already off the air. And yep, so me too. I, I was able to like binge it all and then I was like, Oh my gosh, now what am I gonna do with my life? Right. Better Call Saul was there for me. We um we got into Walking Dead to the point where we were current. Mm-hmm. Uh and then we cut cable and um, I lost about a year. So I know major characters have left, including the major character. So, um, so my, I'll stop you right there. Spoiler because alert. My, my son and I are, are, are watching that right now. And we are on whatever the season on Netflix is. That's it's the current season. It's, a year, it's a year behind. Yeah. It's always a year behind. So yeah. fair enough. It's, it's a good show. Yeah. It's a good show. Yeah. But then I hate to admit, admit publicly, especially where we work, that I have never seen uh, Game of Thrones. I knew you were going to say that. And yeah, you, know, uh, you know what it is, Jason? It's porn yeah. D&D. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yes, yes, you do. It's $15 a month for like two months. And then yeah, I, mean, I debated that when True Blood was out because we cut cable, but we wanted to keep HBO just for that. But that's when like that season got so weird. We're like, nah, I'm done. Yeah, I I only pay for HBO during Game of Thrones season, and then I cut it. Okay, yeah. I, I don't. Have I have it. thought about that. I don't I mean, have it any other time. Yeah. We fired up the YouTube TV with the intent of only watching it during college football and pro football season. But now that we're kind of getting into basketball and hockey again, we're like, uh oh, now we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, now we have a problem. So. Anywho, uh, so one of the m- many reasons I was going to say myriad, one of the myriad of reasons that we invited Jesse. So, thank you. Uh, the the crux of the whole reason why we invited Jesse on. You say that because of that podcast. Wait, are Which we podcast? shots ready? What's that? Uh, what's the uh, uh, the podcast? That you, yeah, mm-hmm. that you uh, recommended to me. I listened to it the last couple of days. Oh, which one? Uh, this so the podcast that John is referring to is like my favorite and outside good. of my. It's, it's good. good. Uh, it's called uh, "What Really Happened." He uses trucks um, all the time. Does oh. he really? And maybe I'm just hypersensitive to it because we give you so much shit about it. It's possible, but he's almost. It's like every five minutes in the crux of the situation. I was like, "Oh, god damn it! Is this where Jason gets it from?" If anybody out there is listening for listening f- for a reason to listen to another podcast that's not ours, uh, what really happened is uh, if I had a top ten, it's probably the top seven of the yeah. top ten. It's a great, great podcast. Very much in the line of uh, the rest of the story by Paul Harvey. A little bit. Take so. Uh, all right, we're gonna step away. What really happened right. is by a guy named Andrew Jenks. It's put out by uh, Seven Bucks Productions, which is uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's uh, production company. And, and what really happened is basically he, uh, Andrew Jenks, who's the uh, host, he um, he basically takes a look at uh, and contextualizes famous figures and historical events and discovers like. Uh, untold stories and people who were really there and like the latest episode was all about steve jobs dropping acid and why lsd actually benefited him and many other famous people in history that were really creative um but like 
the first seasons, there's just so many. Uh, I thou if there's a podcast you will binge besides Forty ish, right? Um, yeah, that is one I strongly recommend. It's it's one where I'm jonesing for the next episode to come out. There you go. There you go. So the reason we yeah, forty ish, forty ish, forty ish, forty ish, forty ish, forty ish. So Jesse, um, one of the reasons we wanted to have her on is is starting a new project, uh, and I don't want to give too much of it away without her saying it. But let's start by saying the play on word of the title of her project is apropos because uh, how would I say this kindly? Um, Jesse is oh yeah not tall. She oh, doesn't go to theme park to ride the ride. She uh, just tall enough to ride the rides. What, That's it, as tall what, what is it with our, our guests being a uh, you know, vertically challenged? Well, <laughs> you know, you got to be this high to be, to hit the mic. So Jesse may be taller than Hedge. She might be slightly oh, taller. Am I really? I don't know. I'm trying to visualize. Nah, you're, you're not, you're nah. I mean, you'd both be the starting you're, centers you're on teeny. your basketball teams. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyway, so, right. Jesse, tell us a little bit about this project that you have coming up that w- plays into my horrible, horrible introduction of it. No, I think that was that was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I've been wanting for years to start a blog. And um, I don't have... I don't have a good, a really good story, but the, the title is Over My Head. <laughs> And so uh, the premise is that, you know, obviously I'm short. Uh, If Jason, if you didn't catch Jason's um, hints, uh, I am not tall. Four, ten and a quarter. Oh, and a quarter. And a quarter. Don't say that at the Secretary of State because they will look at you like, do you mean 411? You're like, yeah, sure. That's fine. So my license says 411, but I am four, ten and a quarter. Um. So the the title's twofold. Uh, over my head is in like everything is literally over my head, and then um, just this idea of I think everybody is in over their head in some way or another, you know. But some people um, appear to have their shit together, and some people just don't. Like some people just hide it better. But not everybody has their shit together everybody's in a little bit over their head. So that's kind of the premise of it. And I have a bunch of posts written and I was, I told Jason, I was really hoping to have it live by the time we did this tonight, but um, it didn't quite happen. I had a couple, a couple setbacks. So somebody rolled for procrastination. (laughs) What's that? Somebody rolled for procrastination. Yes. Yes. And I got a natural 20 for procrastination. Uh, Definitely. So yeah, but I'm really excited about it and really like it's not for anybody but myself, but I thought, you know, if anybody else could laugh at the the things I've learned or, you know, say, oh, good, I'm not alone, then I thought, well, that'd be worth it to, to share it. So it's 100% the reason we started this. It's for us and it became yeah. something. So when, when Jesse was describing this to me and she said <laughs> and she gave the dual meaning of the over my head, um, uh, the, the thing that got to me the most was when you it looks like someone else has got their stuff together, but you know, they really don't. Yeah. It's, it's along the lines of um, the person I believe I was maybe 15 years ago where I 
thought I knew enough about everything that I could carry conversations and sound impressive to whomever I was talking to mm-hmm. when I was just obviously feeding lines of BS to everybody. Right. And, yeah. Um, I don't remember why I got called out on it or someone called me out on it or just conversations dwindled that caused me to learn that no, you don't have your shit together and you're, you're not an expert on everything. And it's okay to say, you know, I'm not sure. Let me, let me check in there. Or, I've never heard of that before. Or, nope. Yeah. Never been there. And that's, that's the aspect for me that I'm actually looking really forward to, to reading, reading your blog, Jesse, is to get yeah. the perspective of, I, out of out of most of the people that I in, uh, interact with in my life, uh, there's a top five I have that have significant BS radars. Um, <laughs> John's John's number one. He's, <laughs> John can read BS from ten thousand miles away, mm-hmm. uh, but I put you in that list too, Jesse, because you've talked mm-hmm. with so many people at so many varying levels of you know accomplishment or. Uh, badasses in their own minds that you can probably see right through that. Yeah. Yeah. I am seriously just fascinated by people. Um, one of my favorite things, I love people watching. Um, and it's really interesting to me to see like how people react in different situations and, you know, some of the like random conversations you might get into, like even like just on an elevator, And, you know, some people can't stand silence. And so they have to say something. And then you're like, why did you pick that? Like, why was that the thing that you decided you would talk to a total stranger about? Right. Do you find yourself doing that? Do you find yourself uh, with uncomfortable silence? I, I, you say that and I'm like, yeah, that's me. I always try and crack some sort of joke or at least, you know, like, Hey, how's it going? You know, kind of thing. That's, I think that I used to be that way where, you know, if it was silent, because there was someone that I encountered like in the workplace years and years ago where this person, every time I would talk to them, it was like the conversation came to a natural close and they would just like stare at me uncomfortably, like waiting for me to say something, you know, everyone's been in that situation, but you're like, like, sorry, I thought we were finished. Yeah. Like, uh. You were definitely done talking. I have nothing else to add to this, but yeah. um, that was okay. the end of this season of our of yeah. our. Talk. Reminds me of a Dilbert comic says, "You don't seem to understand <laughs> that our meeting is over when I stop talking." <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, I kind of felt that way, but it would be so uncomfortable to the point where I'd be like, "Uh, so you like." got like weekend plans or like i didn't care but it was like i just want you to stop staring at me like that you just rochambeau and run (laughs) (laughs) part of the uh, conversation because i wasn't afraid of that party (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so I'm, i'm curious how much of the content and experiences that you're going to be sharing in this blog uh, come from your experiences at, at our company in terms of how you get to interact with people? Cause you said you love making friends and talking to people. And I do I mean, how much, what percentage of people would you talk, say you talk to on a daily basis that are just absolutely full of crap, full of crap. I, I don't, so most of the people I talk to on a daily basis, um, are like through email. So it's hard, it's hard to be full of crap in an email and like not be very obvious about it. Like if you're using all buzzwords and things like that. 
<laughs> oh, are, are you a... Lumps oh. of crapitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I work with some pretty awesome people. Like, and I'm not talking about even just my coworkers, but like, I work with a lot of external people. And, um, and no, I don't. I find that I have some really good conversations with them. I don't, I don't think I, I haven't run into too many professionally that, that are so full of crap. And maybe that's just the market that I'm, I'm in marketing. So, you know, people make hey, jokes about like, you'd run into more. Yeah. Right. With like marketing fluff and stuff, but I've been very yeah. fortunate. The, the people I run into are, you know, you can have a real conversation with them. It's really nice, but yeah. Um, a lot of the things that I'm writing about in my blog are more things that are just like from my personal life or just like observations I've made. And I do go to a lot of um, conferences. And so you definitely run into like random people there where there's like random conversations happening. There's not a natural connection or a reason that you're talking. It might be one of those elevator conversations, but um, yeah, you, I feel like you can always learn something or like glean something. And people oftentimes, like when there are those silences, they'll just offer up information where you're like, I don't know why you're telling me this, but right. <laughs> if you need someone to talk to, that's fine. I'll, I'll listen, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you find yourself more, uh, as I sit in uncomfortable silence and have to say something because, well, <laughs> so we're in an audio. You're just listening so we can respond. I can't it's wait a, for our next meeting in person, Jason. I'm just going to stare at you silently. Right. Well, I'll make sure I bring this microphone because I feel empowered. And bring a um, stool, too, just to make sure you're at eye level. <sighs> oh, yeah. What's uh, what's to say she's not gonna like kick me in the back of the knees and I drop down to her level and then oh, we just anyway <laughs> got that low center of gravity going on. Oh man, yeah. I just rem <laughs> I just remember what time Jesse's saying. Uh, what was it, something about being able to walk through the cubicles undetected because you couldn't see over the yes, walls. I can't see over those walls. Someone was like, "You need a flag because you scared me coming around that corner." Here's oh. what I'll tell you about being able to see over the walls. You're not missing anything. Okay, good. <laughs> I um, would never know. That's right. Jesse's own real life Assassin's Creed. Like, in <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm just walking. Right. Do you do you jump and punch blocks and randomly collect coins or anything yeah. like that? I'm trying to figure this I out. I haven't found any. They have coins in them. No. Optional. Cool. Grab coffee from the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> The question is, which kitchen? Right. Well, that's the thing. She'll just do them all, and they're like, how did you get all these side quests done? <laughs> I'm well, just going to my next meeting. Walking around with your head in clouds. <laughs> I was walking around getting stuff done. There you go. There you go. Yeah. When you attend uh, these conferences, which they're almost entirely marketing or influencer-based conferences, yeah. yep. since you're a people watcher, are you more comfortable or satisfied by literally going and, and just absorbing what's happening, or do you get more out of um, engaging in conversations? So is it better to listen, or is it better to participate? That's a good question. So I'm, I'm technically an extrovert. Um, in my personality test. However, I don't like to just walk into a crowd of strangers and be like, hey, let's all be friends. What are we talking about? I usually work off of like 
you know, like introductions or I find someone that I semi know and I talk with them and then I kind of work my way that way and they might introduce me to someone else. But yeah, a lot of times if I don't know people, um, so the last, one of the last conferences I went to, um, huge marketing conference in Cleveland and the guest keynote for the closing keynote was Tina Fey. Nice. Oh, yeah. And about an hour before the closing keynote, people started lining up and it was amazing because you see all these people down this hallway in this huge convention center. You're like, what are they doing? And then you realize like, oh, this line that's winding back and forth, back and forth down these hallways and upstairs and down another hallway, like into a totally different wing of the convention center. They're all lining up to get in to see Tina Fey. But instead of get in line, (laughs) I just stood back and was like, really? Why is everyone doing this? And I talked to the lady that was like, she had this arrow that was like, end of the line here. I said, so this is all for the, this is all for the keynote. And she says, "Um, yeah, but I don't know why they're lining up because there's more than enough seats for everyone registered for this conference. So everyone's going to have a seat. They have these giant monitors. So you're going to see and hear everything. But everyone it was still that like, like herd mentality that everyone just started lining up. I was like, oh, yes, we must line up an hour early to see Tina Fey. It's not like she's signing autographs and taking pictures with people. She's just going to sit on the stage and talk. And everyone's right, going right. to see and hear the same thing. Isn't it like, like to be a part of it, though? I guess so, but it just was funny to me that like that was the that was the behavior that happened. And and I can't I want to get the best seat to watch her sit. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, it was just it was just funny to me. Cause I'm like, Tina Fey doesn't care that you're there. Well, you know what? It's funny. I'm a I'm a fan of Tina Fey's. Um, everyone is. I am too. But I uh think uh there was it last year there was um a keynote speaker um casey neistat oh yeah i would have been one of those people mm-hmm. in the front of that line yeah waiting to get in jason yeah. would have also had like the uh been the guy that wears the merchandise to the show as well <laughs> no, no i'm not the guy who would go see like metallica and wear the metallica shirt i'm not i do that i hey. do that anyway but i would do it from like wear a saint anger shirt would you <sighs> would you wear your own band t-shirt? I have. You have? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Jason, how about you? Um, I'm not talented enough to be in my own band. No, but if but we had hy- like hypothetically. Well, hypothetically, if we had 40-ish t-shirts, Moody, yeah. I would wear that shirt. <laughs> All you gotta do is take that logo and put it on a shirt, dude. You don't now I'm waiting for the, no next iteration. Although this would look good on a hat, I'm telling you. Yeah. It's an, it's a Moody original. So for those who don't know, I'm just gonna put that out there. Both our, our logo and our theme song are both crafted by the ever talented uh, Mr. John Moody. So because we had no budget. Because we had no budget, and <laughs> I am not above begging friends for stuff. I'm just not above it. Um how many how many people have you run into, Jesse, over your time uh, as as part of this influencer role where um, you've seen them grow? Um, f- for example, um, early in our career together, when I joined the company, we dealt with a lot of uh, up and coming education people mm-hmm. uh, who were who were new. We helped support them and then they grew pretty big and then they were 
felt like they were pretty big deals. Yeah. Um, which then became very difficult to talk with or connect with. Yeah. Um, how many of the how many people would you say that that's happened to you with where you, you've seen them start, you've seen them grow, and then they've I don't want to say they're too big for their britches, but they <laughs> for their britches they become unaccessible. Yeah, yeah. You know no, I mean? there's not too many of those because a lot of the people, um, a lot of the people I'm talking with currently, um, they're trying to grow, and I think I'm still. I'm such a nerd because marketing people for me are like, you know, my Tina Fey. I get excited when I'm talking to like the marketing keynote person. And so I still get a little bit, I don't want to say starstruck, but it's a little bit, I, I fangirl a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get super excited when I'm like, hey, do you want to talk? And they're like, yeah, cool. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to talk to me. No, I get so, that way. I get it. So I think, I think I'm still. Uh, I've been doing it for you know almost two years now. In this particular role, I've been you know in marketing and word of mouth type stuff, you know, for a long time. But um, I'm still new enough in this role that like I get really excited when I'm like, "Hey, do you want to talk?" And people are like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" So. So I've, I've seen a few people that, um, you know, when we started talking, they didn't have a huge following or whatever, and they've really grown and it's been, it's just exciting to see. And I'm really fortunate to be able to, because part of that is just, it's just relationship building. So like when I said, my job is basically to make friends with people, that's, that's really what I get to do. I, Mm -hmm. I follow them on social media, I interact with them. You know, we we talk on all the various channels. Then when we do go to conferences, we get to meet in person. And it's just really cool to see and be able to stay connected to them without, like, bugging them every day. So that's one of the beautiful things about social media, right, is that you're always connected, whether right. you like it or not. <laughs> Good and bad thing. Um, yeah, so there, there's been a handful of people that I've seen them, you know, do some pretty awesome stuff. And I was fortunate enough to to know them, you know, when they were, when they were starting out and. Right. Um, so I wonder, uh, because part, part of what John does is, is similar. Yeah. It's similar in that, uh, the relationship building and, and that I actually want to ask both of you, because in terms of this podcast, we will eventually get to the point where, um, we might call in some favors. Yeah. When do you both? So I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Jesse and John because of uh, the way you approach things. When do you feel like it's okay to to call in a favor with someone that you've may have a good relationship with, where you you've bonded, you've had mm-hmm. beyond business conversations? When when is it okay to call in a favor, and what kind of what's the threshold? And it can be completely hypothetical, but I'm I'm just kind of curious. Sure. What that looks like. I So I like to use the, the, this is the example I use. If I'm at a point with someone where they can text me on a Friday night at 10 o'clock and say, hey, I'm having a problem and it's totally work. They're comfortable enough to come to me at that point. Then I feel like, okay, we're, we're on good terms. I can email you up and say, hey, I've got this project going on. Can you help me out? I feel like there you get to a point where you're you've um, you've built that rapport enough and you're comfortable 
each of you, you know, um, and it has to be mutual, right? But Mm -hmm. I feel like that was the point for me where I was like, okay, I've got to the point with a lot of people where, you know, I can just message them and they will message me back. We're on that level. You know, it's not like an email. It's like, hello, this is so-and-so from such and such company. And I would like to talk to you about an opportunity. You know, you get past that point where you can just be people. You can just be humans with each other. Be like, ah, here's what I've got going on. And then a lot of times they'll just offer up help um, without you even having to ask because you're just at that point. So not, not a not a real solid answer of like a, a you know, here's the sign, but. Right. No, that, that's fair. I, yeah, I totally see goes that. off, right, Jesse? What's that? A little bell goes off. You're like, ah, we're there. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're friends. It happened. I did it. Where's that? Where's that? happen for you john because um in in jesse's world she works for with software right software is is the tangible piece but i think beyond that it's more exposure right connecting right the right people blog posts that kind of thing where does it where does it live in your world where it's something even more actually physically tangible right well i mean all all that stuff still true is getting you know the product in the right hands whether that is somebody that's going to be on stage playing it or somebody that's going to be reviewing it either for youtube and then creating content for us or for a magazine or things like that but i think some of it's it's pretty true with what jesse said and i've tried to especially just because um i would get it i would get so inundated with it with enough people contacting me you know, off hours and on the weekends and stuff. And I'll look at all that stuff because, um, you know, there's some of the things that it's, if there is a, um, if it's a legitimate emergency, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of them. But if it's some other stuff, just like general questions and things, I usually won't, I'll just keep those to business hours. But it is kind of that thing of like, if there is, if I'm going to talk with them on the weekend or about other stuff that just doesn't have anything to do with work or music or anything. It's usually a good in- indicator. Like she said, that we've got a pretty decent relationship. And in terms of asking favors, I, uh, you know, because a lot of, you know, our artist endorsements and there's a contract written out of things that they're required to do. I feel no, no problem asking them outright for it. Mainly because I mean, in one re- contractually bound this is what you already signed up for but a lot of times too um i think they know too if um i'm coming to them uh it's because i i really am respecting their opinions because a lot of the times when i do that like for right now is i've talked to a couple of artists because we're working on um some new bass sets and these are specific artists that play a specific instrument that these are for. And so it's like, look, you're the, you're the pro on this. I need your professional opinion on, on this. And I also try to stress too. I was like, now don't, don't just tell me all the stuff you like, tell me all the, the stuff that's not going well. Cause that's almost more important to me than um, what's working. But um, yeah, I think it's because of that relationship, like Jesse mentioned that we were already to that point, then you're comfortable enough to, it's not even a favor. You're just like, look, I need you to do this. And they're like, all right, cool. And, you know, it's it's none, it's none, no back and forth. Mm-hmm. That's, a re- that's a really good point. And that's another um, really big indicator for me or, or something that 
I almost get excited about it when people are like, hey, let me tell you what I don't like. Yeah. Like, oh, yes, please tell me. Well, I can fix that. Yeah. We're like past the nicety. You know, it's not like, oh, yes, I really love this thing. Like, that's nice. That's nice. I can say that. But like if you if if we've built up enough trust where you're like, listen, this is straight up broken and it's infuriating. Like, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that part of it because then I can. I can try and pass that along and try and do something to fix it and make it better. Right. Wasn't well, that really what product, uh, product knowledge and product improvement is? I mean, you you have to. You, you, you have to start anything you start. Don't want to do that. Yeah, anything you start has to have some type of you know reason for you know idea of improvement and uh, you know some type of avenue to do that. And you know if it's if it's yeah. sharing with. You know, if it's getting feedback from, you know, the actual end user or, you know, beta testers or, uh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's so important, especially launching a new, you know, a, a totally new concept. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. so important to, to go through that because that's I'm involved, in, strongly involved at work in, a, in an idea, uh, and, you know, an idea improvement system and uh, program at work. And so, I mean, having an idea and I, I always tell people it doesn't matter how big the idea is. If it's, you know, if it's a small piddly little change, it's still something that could you know, impact the company, but you know, having yeah. any small change, I mean, if it's or any change, doesn't matter how big it is. And it's important to have those people that are open to, you know, open to sharing those ideas. Cause I, you know, I always tell people it doesn't matter how, you know, just if you've got an, if you've got an improvement state it, cause it's, you know, it, it could, it could right. be, you may think it's small, but in the, in the, in the big scheme of things, it could be a huge improvement. And so, um, you know, and, and those are on existing products, but I mean, when you're launching, trying to launch a new product or a new service or something, I mean, it's important to have those people give you that feedback. Well, I don't even think it's for new stuff too. Like I've at work, um, like every other year, I've tried to, instead of pushing out, because everyone's always thinking of what's the latest and greatest that you can push out every year. And I've tried to do it every other year now. So I can take those off years and, and do that, Lance, like revisit everything we've already got being like, is this still working? Is there other stuff that we could fix on this or things right. we could improve? Yeah. Well, and then, you know, another thing about that is um, while to you, it might seem like this is old news not everybody else knows about that. Right. There's always going to be people that, that don't know. And so <clears throat> being at a software company on, in the marketing department, we definitely get caught up in that sometimes where like, okay, this is the release. These are the new features. We go all in on talking about those like three features. But then, you know, a lot of times what ha- ends up happening is people are like, oh my gosh, I love this new thing. And we're like, that came out like two releases ago. And then, you know, it's it's kind of a reality check of like, okay, just because we live this every day doesn't mean that everybody else is, you know, that in deep with the product that they know every single feature in and out. You know, there's still new stuff to people that, that they haven't yeah, discovered and it's, and yet. You, you, you've got to teach these people, you know, the, you know, even though you're releasing these new products and these new features, uh, you, you've got to do it in mm-hmm. a way that will you know, will satisfy those, even those casual users that like you just said, you know, Oh, I, 
this is a new feature. And like, um, like you said, uh, yeah, no, it's not, you know, that's not, that's not the yeah. new feature we're trying to, you know, trying to promote, but the, you know, it's important to. Yeah. Jason does that, doesn't he? He comes, he's like, I like this. You're like, that was in the original design. Five <laughs> yeah. Years ago. Yeah, that, Jason, that, where have you that been? Was the, that Come was on, in the Jason. wheel. Uh, <laughs> right. L- well, listen, I don't like to, I don't like to share that much, but yes. <laughs> yeah. One, one of my favorite things too, I have before I did, you know, some influencer stuff. Um, I, um, spent a lot of time working in social media and not like the advertising side of it, but the organic social media, right. you like to call it, you know, um, where you're just engaging with people that maybe they're mentioning your product or whatever. And I've had some of the best conversations with people who originally, you know, they send an angry tweet. Those are my favorite people to talk to because that's an opportunity to try and like turn it around. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just, just simply reaching out and saying like, Oh yeah, that's really frustrating. You know, have you opened a support ticket? A lot of times you end up with a really awesome conversation out of that. You can connect them with the product team to give like direct feedback. And you just made a product advocate, you know, out of someone who is angry Yep. And it's just, it's pretty awesome. I'm still angry. I mean, <laughs> well, you're bald, so we all have our issues, Shorty. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, when it comes to, so this is, a, we've, we've had episodes with social media people. Um, yeah. If you, so I'll ask you this question before we get into some D&D, because I do need to ask about that. Oh, yes. Okay, good. If you were given the opportunity to only use one avenue of social media for the balance of your career, where are you finding the most value and and which one would you choose? So maybe, you know, you're, like you're which, being, like you're being hamstrung. Platform? Yeah. I'm going to cut a bunch, every platform out for you, except for one, oh. this is the one you get to use. Where, where are you living? Oh, Friendster. Friendster. My Facebook. Friendster. The Facebook, right. <laughs> um, okay, well, about a year ago, I would have said Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm Instagram. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm loving Instagram. And I'll tell you why. I love Twitter for things like um, you can connect with anyone there. You can follow anyone there. I I love Twitter. There's and a lot of Twitter. They haven't been throttled yet where it's all, uh, exactly. unless you pay for promotions and stuff, you're post will still get to everybody yeah so i really like that and one of my favorite things to do on twitter is um like for conferences you can you can follow conferences that like maybe you're not attending but you're interested Mm. people share so much from conferences you just follow the hashtag and it's like you're there even when you are at a conference, you can use it to like connect with other people that are there. Like maybe you want to go to dinner and you're traveling by yourself. There's a million other people that are at that. Not a literal million because that'd be too many for dinner, but depends on the restaurant. (laughs) There's a bunch of of people there that you can connect with, you know, (laughs) and people are always sharing stuff from sessions that maybe you wanted to go to and you couldn't. Um, But Instagram for me is like the perfect intersection of like, personal and professional where, you know, I can share pictures of my kids and pictures of a conference and pictures having drinks with friends. You know what I mean? Like 
it's a good solid balance and I feel you feel like you get a really good lack of a better word picture of um who people really That's are like their, their real lives you know I'm still thinking about this uh this thing of having you call and be like hi we'd like to reserve a uh, a table for a million and it's like well we'll have to open up the back <laughs> But right. we just sent half the staff home. I don't yeah. understand. No. Room ready. Well, it's funny you say that, Jesse. Uh, one of our previous guests and a friend of mine, Ryan Pena, that's how he and I became friends. I was attending yeah. a conference that I've never been to, and I we were tweeting I each other. That yeah, that's 100% how it happened. He's like, why don't you join yeah. us for dinner? I'm like, okay. There's not a million people here, but I'll go see you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, I got to I, I got to say the there was I went to a, a meeting in D.C. a few weeks ago or about a month ago now, and one of the one of the directors or VPs of I think HR was there at this meeting, and she showed us a a trick that she had just learned from um, LinkedIn. She she went to LinkedIn for what's that? Did you pull a rabbit out of her hat? No, but it, it was like, it was, it was, this, this trick was, you know, she just said, everybody take your phones out. And I'm, I'm not going to get into it now, but it was, uh, we were, everybody in the meeting was instantly connected on LinkedIn through, you know, through this, through the app. And it was, huh. it, it was, it was so awesome that you could just go into a meeting say, everybody take your phones out and then hit the connect button. And then everybody's connected. And, you know, so it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to download anything. I mean, obviously you have to, if you don't have the app, you have to download it, but you don't have to, right. there's not anything special with it. It's, it's all settings within the app itself. And you, know, you just turn it on and just, they were like, cause we're sitting there, there, there was like 35 of us. And, you know, we're just there to be me, 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 you know, and all these, you know, all these connections made that we you didn't were playing pinball. <laughs> But it was sure as hell sounds like you were playing bing, pinball. Bing, 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 bing. Um, like yeah. Pinball. So, but it was it was it was a really and, and it's it's amazing how how social and like uh, um, like Jesse was talking about the the you know the professional part of uh, how you know how people connect and I mean LinkedIn is obviously you know more professional than you know the I mean you know, sharing pictures of your yeah of your. Um, you know, I would never, Meal. I would never share the beers that I, that I'm you know, posting on every, every time in LinkedIn, but, um, um, maybe that's where you're going wrong right. though. Lan- uh, no, Lance, Lance un- inadvertently shares every beer he ever has. Cause he uses untapped and it's connected Ooh. to everything. I'm like, Lance, uh, you have a problem. You're, Why- mispronoun- you're mispronouncing it. It's called Unta PPD. <laughs> Unta PPD. Yeah. Well, Lance, Lance posts like 15 beers for breakfast on Unta PPD. So, <laughs> Um, so uh, here's my th- me and Lance should hang out more often then. Yeah, we 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 need to do some live broadcasts. But uh, yeah, so the Instagram, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy uh, uh, participating as a as a consumer. My challenge, so the positives is it pushes to other media, right? It pushes to Twitter and Facebook if you yeah. want it to. But the, the I think the negative thing for me is I just pulled up my thread, my feed as we were talking, and every third post is an ad. And, and I get it. I get people have to pay, but that takes me out of it. Whereas on Twitter, I don't know. I feel like there's less of that. I mean, there's still ads. Don't get me wrong. And then there's veiled sponsored posts. Yes. Those, um, those ones trick me all the time. The oh, Twitter, yeah. The Twitter ones are sneaky because mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I following this? Wait a minute. This is an ad. Yep. 
but I feel like uh, have I there's been one ad on Instagram in the that I can think of in the entirety of the time I've been on there that I followed and it was like yesterday because there's some sort of cool Game Boy iPhone case where you flip oh, it over right. and you, I'm really thinking yeah. about buying it. Holy crap, I'm thinking about buying it. Um <laughs> it's a because it's got Excite Bike on it. I mean Excite Bike, come on. Wait, you can play games on it? There's oh yeah. Third thirty built in games yep. I'll, I'll, share, I'll share it with you um yeah I, so that's my only beef with it same with facebook i i only utilize yeah. facebook to the least possible extent that i need to because i actually help a couple side businesses with it mm-hmm. um but my god that is just it's it's the new way for people that you're related to or connected with to rehash jokes that you saw nine years ago it's like oh old my gosh you know, so true. <laughs> it's like, guys, welcome to 2018. That was 1997. You actually forwarded me that email many, many years ago. Right. But uh, <laughs> all right, Jesse, D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. I know what it was. <gasps> and I know that you and a couple of our coworkers are, how would I describe this nicely? Freaking hardcore <laughs> players. Uh, so much so that one that of them didn't last in it. I, well, I haven't tried, but I know the one guy has a separate Twitter handle just to discuss D and D stuff. So, uh, oh, yeah. that being said, uh, what is a, what is a 30 something ish person doing with D and D on a regular basis? Talk, talk to us about that experience. I'll tell you what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm killing a lot of things. With arrows. Looting some dungeons, getting treasure. Uh, our party loves caves. I despise caves. Uh, we always get trapped in caves. We've been playing the same campaign for about a year and a half. And we have a party. We have six people in our party. Mm-hmm. And uh, the coworker that that Jason's referring to, our friend Matt, he has a he does have a separate handle for um D and D stuff on Twitter and he's a phenomenal DM. He's absolutely amazing. I don't know how he puts up with all of us because yeah. What does DM mean? I'm sorry. Oh Dungeon Master. Okay, sorry. Don't be sorry. It's all right. Some of us some people aren't as big of nerds, you know? It's okay. You'll you can learn. I'm a big nerd, but we uh, all have our own nerdity. D and D is just not yeah. not in the top five thousand of mine. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Neither so math, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've been playing for we've been playing the same like um, campaign for about a year and a half with the same party. Miraculously, none of us have actually died. There's been some close calls, but um. It's just so much fun. And I had never played before I played with this group. And I've I've been in a few different um, campaigns now. And it is so fun. I even listened to a D&D podcast called Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Nice. I actually did see that. Yeah. It's so fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do, you, what do you want to know about it? How much drinking is involved? That's a really good question. A lot of times we play during lunch, so there's no drinking at lunchtime, but we do longer after hour sessions. And there are a couple of us that do drink in our party in, in the game, we have a bard and he is always drunk like in the game. 
that's, that's one of the beautiful things. You can, you get to be right. whoever you want, you know? Right. So he has this magic jug and every day at dawn, he gets to decide if he fills the jug with uh, oil, mayonnaise, or wine. I think there's one other thing, but it's always full of wine. So Jesse, I, mean, I don't know if you I mean, picked this up really. on uh, Ralph. On these recent episodes, and by recent, probably the last 10, uh, Lance is a big fan of Bombshell Brewing Company down where he lives in the... Don't you say, say it. it. I'm not nope. going to say it. No, uh, don't say it. In in the state he lives resides in. Over least, over on the East Coast? Can we say so, that? South of us. Oh, it's North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. Carolina. South, southeast? Okay. South of the Mason-Dixon line. So. It's over <laughs> yonder. Over yonder. Um so if he if if Lance can consume many a beverage of varying style from that location while playing D anD I I could see it being a, a reality. But you were I was mentioning uh, I don't live close to where you guys are playing, but someone could participate online. How I yes. I can't even fathom how that would work. Oh my gosh! Yes, we have one of our party members. Like if he's working from home when we play, he will call in. So um, we use D&D Beyond. So that means like your character sheet with all of your like stats and all the information you need to know. That's all online. And then we use um, Roll20, which is like an online map. So then you can see where you are like within uh, in relation to everybody else in the party and like the monsters or whatever the cave you're in. Um, it's pretty cool. I think D and D has come a long way. I didn't play when I was younger because I had no idea and I didn't, I clearly didn't have the right friends. So right. let me put this into context for myself and I'll, I'll definitely need some guidance. Moody, you just shut the hell up. Um, <laughs> um, so there are varying games um, that uh, my, my kids are into that their classmates are into everything mm-hmm. from stuff. I used to know how to play like magic, the gathering or, um at now the that's time a super when, nerd game oh yeah Yu-Gi-Oh, stuff like that is D a game that someone could literally just drop in and get the get a hold of right away or is there a curve uh there was a little bit of a curve even for me um I, th- you can have like a pre-built character um and if you're familiar with games like even like pokemon like the card game or or magic or things like that where you're familiar with like you know, you, your character has certain stats and, you know, um, abilities and things like that. If you have some like knowledge of that, then you can easily pretty quickly spin up like a character. You can do a pre-built character and, and drop in pretty quickly that way. But for us, we went through and we like manually built, like we gave all of our characters have a backstory and, you know, so they have a history before they even met the rest of the people we're playing with. And they don't necessarily know our history. That's just knowledge that may or may not come out in the course of our travels, you know? Hmm. So there, it was a, that part was a lot more involved than I thought. Like I never would have thought of that. And it's, it's come in handy a couple of times where, you know, you're like, Oh man, my, <laughs> my lock picking kit, my, my thieves tools broke. I have some They're like, wait, why do you have some? I just have some. Nobody ever asked, but I used to be a spy and I happen to have these tools that we need. And it's like, what? That's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. One time, speaking of drinking in the game, um, there was one time where within the game, there was a group, two of our party members got in a fight with each other. 
So they're basically having this battle between amongst themselves. So then a couple of the other party members were in this tavern. And we're like, well, we're going to play some bar games and uh, we're going to gamble away the party's money. And so me and the bard were saying, you know, he would he would bet me, you know, I'll bet you this many gold that you can't shoot an arrow through that that chandelier up there. And then we were do, like basically doing trick shots with like my bow and arrow and he had some magic or something he was doing, but we were gambling the party's money away while they were out back having a fight, basically. Nice. It was the most fun ever. Because you can't, when can you ever do that in real life? You can't. Not, I mean, yeah, not without consequences. Anyway. Well, yeah. They, okay. There you go. There's your caveat. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, John and I were at a, bar last week and i don't remember any arrows but i'm sure they were there yeah i'm sure they were there could have been concealed arrows <laughs> it's actually <laughs> my favorite my favorite band is concealed arrows is that a real band it could be a real band I it is know. now let's start it up sweet i call cowbell i call harmonica i want the tambourine i think that'd be a good thing <laughs> <laughs> This is shaping up to be the greatest band ever. Sounds like the worst band ever. Are you kidding? Sounds like a, 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 just, a fingernails on the chalkboard. Moody, you're just going to have to play loud enough that you drown the rest of us out. Oh, I mean, that's already done. <laughs> he no, he wasn't at the gig. You know what? I'm, I'm, go, I'm going to I'm going to pause the recording. I'm going to drive over to John's house. I'm going to smack him with a leather glove, and then I'm going to come back and continue. Well, I'll wait. be right back. Right. Can you play some of that like intermission music while you're gone, please? Sure. Right. Dude, how did you just have that? Nice. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, this isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> That's the most most we've used that soundboard ever. I, I know it. Like, holy crap. Well, that made it worth it. Um, That's fantastic. So uh, before we before we wrap up, because we're actually already at that time, uh, I do have a quickie question for everybody based on the fact that I'm really, really close to buying this Game Boy phone case. Mm -hmm. Uh, Out of the out of you three, all of you, what was your favorite retro game and and why? And retro has to be either original Nintendo or I'll I'll bow to the uh, Atari 2600 or Sega Master System since it's about as far back as my brain will let me go. Uh, Lance, let's start with you. Favorite game? Oh, yeah, it's a toss up, but I, I've got to go back to the Atari. Um, and I've mentioned it in another podcast, but I mean it, it's really close between Pitfall and River Raid. But I would probably have to save even though I played Pitfall more than I played River Raid, I think River Raid was a lot more fun. So um, I would say, Great you know, Great yeah, I'd probably have to say River Raid for the Atari 16. Um, I think there was a 1600, not the 26, but they, they had it on the 26, but I think I remember playing it on the 1600. Very yeah. nice. Moody, how about you? I'm going to go Zelda original. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Play the hell out of that. I think that was one of the first games too that uh, my mom put time limits on. <laughs> nice. Yep. And that's fair. I get it. I totally get it. Jesse, how about you? Uh, I'm going to say Metroid. Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. 
That was my favorite. Very we cool. Do, um, so we had our Nintendo was plugged into an outlet that was tied to the light switch in our living room. So we would put tape over the light switch because, you know, you can't save the game. Right. So you'd put tape over it. Like, don't flip this switch because then it's going to shut the whole thing off and you lose everything. That would be a problem. What was Yeah. Mine's probably Master Blaster only because uh, I didn't own it. Josh did. Josh Holmberg, who's another member of the podcast uh, lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I only got to play it for very short bursts of time, but I was so addicted to it that I have not played it since I can't even find it on an emulator right now. Um, Master Blaster. Yeah. It was the, it was one where the character was driving around in this, uh, um, almost like Moonlander kind of car where it was a left, left, right scrolling game, scroll fighting game. But at at certain points you could hit, I think the select button on the Nintendo and you'd pop out and you'd be an actual walking around character that would scroll top bottom, like a, like a fighting game. Uh, It is. um, I love that game. I I could not get too far on it as, as far as, you know, like, you know, your contras and stuff like that. But uh yeah, Master Blaster, or maybe it was Blaster Master. It's one of those two. Um, now I'm going to have to look for it. But I have not found it. Uh, it was Blaster Master. That's the name of it. Interesting. Uh, okay. It'd be it'd be one that when if you saw any of the YouTube play screenplays of it, you'd be like, oh, yeah. This would have been. <laughs> okay. It, this would have been middle school, though. This would have been like seventh, eighth grade. So okay. maybe, this might have been just before you were born, Jesse. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, maybe. 80, this was an 88 release, so close. I'm guessing close. Uh, No, I was 83. You were born in 83? You, uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just letting that sink in for yeah, a second. Yeah, you're going to need to just let yeah, it sink in for That's a couple fine. more years. I mean, do I get any points for forgetting how old I am? Because earlier today, someone asked how old I was, and I was like 35. And they're like, no, no, you're not. I'm 35. It's like, what? No, I'm. Oh, wait. Oh. I also haven't slept in like 15 years, so. <laughs> That's what parenthood will do to you, right? Yeah, yes. you, you three yeah, would know. So does drinking copious amounts of delicious microbrewed beer, Lance. Ooh, Just... but what if we do both? I, I think that's a superpower. I think that's yeah. something that's kind of unlocked. Um, I'm a superhero then. That's yes. what I Well, I mean, you guys yeah, are parents. You, get, you guys are maybe, it's a uh, superhero anyways, aren't you? No. Not. <laughs> I, I, uh, I defer to the women on that one. I cannot. There's no chance. No chance that I would claim that I, I'm the evil villain. They're the superhero. So, oh and, come on! Jay. And my wife doesn't even listen to this podcast, so right. the, the kudos are gonna go un unreceived to nowhere. Right? Oh man, they'll just go on the floor. She'll wake oh, yeah. up in the morning, walk in the kitchen. <laughs> what are all these kudos doing hanging around here? Why no. leaving your kudos everywhere? I have to clean them up. Man, yeah. kudos was a delicious. Uh, delicious candy snack if you remember kudos that was that passed as a granola bar that's yes like rice crispy treat with chocolate and m&ms on it they yep. used to be a big deal on airlines they used to hand them out on airlines back in the day Really? yeah yeah 
Yep. They don't really do jack now. You just you're lucky if you get those little biscottis. You're lucky yeah. they don't ro- rochambeau you, right, Oz? You're getting on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. a full circle. That's, yeah. that's why I priority boarding because I steered it right in front of that. They're like, what, which number are you? I'm at group five. That's, they're like, oh, the rochambeau starts yeah, the cru- at six. The, the, like, the, the sure crux does. of entering early <laughs> is uh, is this. Well, what you want to do, Lance, is you want to get the last into your uh, group so the people right behind you start getting Rochambeau so you can walk backwards nice. after you already scan your ticket and just watch it. There you go. And film it. Hopefully you film it. Yep. So. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's my thanks uh, once again to John and Lance and Tucker, who disappeared due to technical issues. But, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us on uh, this episode of 40-ish. Thank you guys so much. This was this was a blast. Absolutely, and uh, I may or may not be doing some reading up on D and D, and we, we, we'll see. We'll see if yeah. I can, if I have the brain power to to contribute, or if I'm just gonna maybe be don't, but still give it a shot. You well, can even, you can even sit in and watch sometime. It's it's super fun. We we also encourage, uh, um, you know, just audit uh, auditing uh-huh. of the game. <laughs> otherwise my participation would be much like when i play the game balderdash where i intentionally try and screw with people as opposed to just try and win like i try to get people to spit up whatever they're eating and or drinking when playing balderdash i feel like i feel like that would be my experience with dnd would that make um would that make jason like chaotic neutral then Yeah. yeah for sure yep stop throwing out terms as if you know what the hell you're talking about john no he nailed it yeah see god Remember the thing about being able to um, see through bullshit and stuff? I can see D&D. Yeah. Yeah, Jason's a rogue for sure. Yeah. Once again, behind the microphone sits the guy who, with the guy who has the the god way of telling you guys to talk because I'm really tired of this shit. Oh, see, that's a wrong sign. (laughs) Well, uh, everybody, if I don't talk to you before, I'll catch you in the next one. See ya. Yep, we'll see you